Sugar Maple listeners, my name is RJ. I'm one of the executive producers here at Osiris. Um, and we are going to bring you something a little bit different. We are in between episodes and I wanted to take you all behind the scenes. And our first conversation is going to be with our director, James Masiavecchio. Hi, James. How's it going? It's going great. Um, James, we're going to talk a little bit about your background and, and the work that you've done directing aside from Sugar Maple. But first I want to ask you, what was, what was your first reaction when you heard about this story? Well, I think, uh, my first reaction was kind of, uh, on the basis about the idea that it was a, a guitar and music and everything, which was super cool. I loved the format of a new musician, each episode. Uh, it wasn't till we get to, uh, episode four and what you'll see in episode five that things got a little different and that was really fun to kind of explore and i don't want to give too much away but uh yeah just uh the the twist that we get at at the end of four really kind of hooked me into the story and uh was maybe really excited to see where it was going to go that's great and and we appreciate you jumping on on board with us tell us how you how you uh kind of made your way to directing audio? Sure. So um, my background is mainly in theater and stage work, uh, but I've always had a really love of like sound and sound design. Whenever I would do my shows on stage, I would design design my own audio and all of that good stuff and did it sort of as a freelancer for uh, a time. And when the pandemic hit, uh, some of my friends and I decided like, well, we can't do a live show. Let's see if we can do a podcast. And I've been a fan of podcasts for, for many years. You know, I think it started with serial, like most people, uh, and then, you know, devoured like black tapes and some stuff from Q code and other like really great podcast companies. And, uh, took a stab at writing my own, adapting uh, a podcast from a short uh, short novel that uh, is a, I'm a big fan of, an old uh, 1950s sci-fi called The Chrysalids uh, by John Wyndham, uh, best known uh, for uh, Day of the Triffids. Uh, it's a great, great story. Um, took a stab at that and then uh, started kind of looking around for more work, came upon uh, Osiris and thought I'd give it a shot. That is um, I, I, the pivot, you know, to to doing audio when the pandemic hit that a lot of people did that. But you were able to kind of apply your expertise in a way that uh, that's pretty unique. Yeah, I, um, you know, I did a lot of work in new works in general for the stage and uh, from producing festivals and directing my own, you know, other directing shows for other people's new work and being able to kind of 
come on board with that was really exciting to kind of help sort of take the story as written and kind of bring it to the next stage of development. And so James, just to, to, to the sugar maple process quickly, um, you, you were on these recording sessions. I mean, we have dozens of dozens of voice actors and we weren't able to do a lot of this stuff, um, in person, and I'm just curious, what, what's your approach like when you get on, a, you know, a Zoom with someone who's playing a character and they've maybe read the lines, but they aren't like, you know, they, they don't know the story as well as you do. What's your what's your how do you get people to be ready and 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 deliver these these amazing lines? Well, what's great is um, I've been able to sort of have a, a short session with every actor prior to them recording to give them a little bit of a insight into their character, where the story is going, where their character fits into the the plot as a whole. Uh, And then from there, when we get into an actual session, I will then read against them and rehearse the scene with them once or twice, just so they get a feel for where we're going. Since I have the knowledge of, you know, depending on where we are in the recording process of what has already been recorded, the intentions that those actors have given to the lines, I'm then able to kind of help support them and read opposite them with the breadth of context so that they can then deliver their lines in context as well. Uh, so then we basically, we we read through it a couple of times. I give a little direction, a little adjustment, and then we go into just asking them to do like three takes of each line. And we just have them kind of repeat it, different intentions, different, they try it a different way each time. And then basically from those options, we pick the ones that kind of fit the best. Uh, sometimes what sounds great to me in the moment isn't necessarily what fits the context, and in which case we'll swap it out for a different take. So it's been um, a bit of a puzzle. You know, we can do our best to say like, this is the one we want. But then when we actually hear it, you're like, oh no, this line sounds way better on take three able to kind of piece it together that is um i mean it's obviously a lot of a lot of time put into to this process what's been the most the most rewarding for you so far the most so being able to actually just hear sort of the these episodes pieced together with all of the other aspects you know i am very much immersed in like the script and the dialogue being able to then hear it with the design on top of it and then adding the music in there has been really cool because uh, I am not someone who is very musically capable by any means. Uh, can't carry a tune, can't play an instrument, uh, but being able to now work with people who are creating, who have that skill set and be able to kind of see their work layered on top of mine, you know, even just things like, uh, hearing the guitar that gets played over some of Terrence's dialogue, knowing that, you know, I helped craft at least the timing of that dialogue that then gets to be transferred into sort of something musical is really cool. Yeah. And our editor, Brad has done a great job along with Tom Sullivan, who's, who's helped with the the assembly of this and, and putting the show together. It's amazing to hear it, hear it come together. Yeah. Um, and James, what's the, what's like the hardest part of, of a, of a project like this? I think just like the, the scope of it all, this was, you know, I, I've said this before, Osiris didn't do this small. This is, you know, your first, uh, <laughs> create like fictional podcast and not just doing like, a. a you know, four person kitchen sink drama. We went a sprawling eight episode, 30 plus character musical, which has been amazing, but also just like 
wrapping your head around the sheer scope of this project, I think is, is great though. <laughs> um, we, we definitely didn't do it small for sure. We made, made an album and a, and a podcast at the same time, which is, uh, quite an undertaking. Um, in terms of the writing, did you, how, how involved were you in the, in the revisions and kind of getting the, the script to where, where it goes and, and how, how does that contrast or, or compare with how you usually work with, with written material? So it was actually a fairly similar process, you know, generally with new works, you know, the director kind of comes in towards the later stage of a project, uh, you know, maybe like for stage, you'll, a, a script will have one to two readings before some sort of a public presentation. Um, for this one, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there were uh, any sort of public or even private readings no. where this dialogue was spoken out loud. So what's interesting about plays is while they are written on the page, they are meant to be spoken aloud. And you don't always know what you've got until someone comes along and actually says the words. So for me, sort of looking at the script to that lens, it's like the story is really is there and it's clear. But how can we come in and make it clear just with dialogue and just speaking, you know, what are some of the things that like, you know, when you say this one sentence out loud, does it actually sound like a person's going to person would say it. It might be very literary. It might be something that reads really great, but when a performer actually speaks it, is it something that is easy to say and kind of comes off naturally? Uh, so that's kind of where I came in, you know, taking a look, asking a few questions about, you know, the plot and where things might be a little confusing, you know, by the time I got involved, there were three other drafts that had happened numerous people had taken a look at it and I was a fresh set of eyes who had no background at that point in what had been done before and what the story was originally. So being able to kind of take that fresh look and go, okay, this isn't reading, this isn't, but this works and this doesn't, uh, I think is helpful because as writers, you know what the story is and you know what it is. So you fill in those missing pieces on your own in your brain but for me to be able to come out and say like, all right, this needs adjustment. This doesn't read is, you know, I think helpful to a writer, you know, once you've been so immersed in it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so you, you worked with a bunch of talented, talented actors on this. Um, uh, our narrator, Fred Savage was, um, you know, probably the biggest lift in terms of, in terms of the voiceover work and, and the directing work. Um, what was it like working with, with Fred and what, did you learn anything from that process? Yeah, he's, um, I mean, he's a really great guy. He was a lot of fun to work with. Uh, you know, we were working around his schedule. So a lot of this was how do we get this done as fast as we can while still maintaining everything. And, uh, you know, we kind of took our cues from him, you know, he's, got so much experience in doing this kind of thing. So we let him sort of, uh, we would rehearse it with him once or twice, and then we would kind of let him roll and just kind of, he, we would capture upwards of like two to three episodes at a time where we could and just get as much as we could and get it, make the best use of the time that we had with him. Uh, super nice, really just pleasant to work with. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that. And he's, he's done a great job. I, I find it like fascinating that these, actors are able to, to deliver these lines in a way that feels so authentic to the story and knowing that they are recorded in the kind of method that you, uh, that you described. It's not, you know, 
it's kind of amazing um, to hear to hear it all come together. Um, what are you most excited about in terms of the next uh, sort of half of Sugar Maple, the last four episodes? I, I keep describing the second half of this show as more of a road show. Uh, you know, it's like we, at the end of episode four, it's like we're packing the car and we're hitting the road and we're actively sort of investigating the story now. And I think that that, uh, you know, with the addition of Reba to the story becomes a really fun dynamic between the two of them. So I think, you know, episodes one through four are sort of of a, of a set. And I think that the sort of the structural changes that happen in five to, to the end are really fun. And they give the show a lot of energy to kind of carry us through that, the final half, you know, so often you see like back ends of seasons kind of just either coast on what they've already done before, or even just kind of stagnate a bit. I think the fact that we kind of change up the story a bit in the second half uh, is going to keep it really fun, really interesting. Yeah, it's a it's it's a really I'm I'm kind of glad that we took this little break and and because once we pick it up it's going to be a a whole yeah, big ride toward the finish. Um so I've seen a bunch of feedback on the show. It's all been really positive and great. Um what have you heard from your from the people who've listened to or from the theater world or or just people in your orbit? What's what's some like surprising or interesting feedback you've received so far? Everything's been pretty positive. You know, I try I try to avoid hearing a lot of feedback in general uh i will be the type of person that gets kind of bogged down into it uh but most of what i'm hearing from you know friends and family is that they're enjoying the show that the the music is great they're really really digging the music and the story you know my my father is a big consumer of podcasts too and he's just really engrossed in it and every every tuesday i get a text from him be like listen to it this was great love this so it's been, it's been good. It's been good hearing the positive. <laughs> That's amazing to have that, uh, yeah. to have a family member who's like on the edge of their seat. Oh, he knows like when it comes to podcasts, he will be the one that he will. And he'll tell me too. He will tell me like, eh, this was, but, uh, he loves like fictional podcasts more than almost anyone I've met. And he's listened to pretty much everything there is out there. Uh, half of the stuff that I listen to, he's the one to be like, you need to listen to this watch this new favorite podcast. Let's watch this. Uh, so yeah, it's been great. Well, hi, 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 James dad. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, James, this was great. Thanks for giving us a little insight into your, into your process and, and thanks for getting on board and helping us put this together. It's an incredible amount of work and you've, you've done an amazing job. So thanks for diving in with us. Of course. Thanks for, for having me on board. This project has been a blast. All right. And we are going to come back to you again with another conversation. We're going to try to do a few more conversations with cast, musicians, our team. Um, so we'll be back with, with another one of these in the next few days. So um, thanks, James. And thanks, everybody, for listening.
Osiris. <laughs>